you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Worthy Jesus. Worthy Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, come. Now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are before your God. Come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Oh, one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come, Lord, we love You, Jesus. We honor You, Jesus. We thank You for this opportunity to come into Your house and worship You, Jesus. We thank You, Lord Jesus, for your, this opportunity to come into Your house, O oh God, to be among Your people, God, to be in Your presence, O oh God, to hear from heaven, O oh God. We thank You for every opportunity we have to be in the midst of all of those, O oh God, that You've chosen. O oh God, You allowed us to be faithful today. In the name of Jesus, by Your mercy and Your grace, Hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Amen. Those that are interested in being involved in hospitality for this church congregation, there will be hospitality training taking place after the service downstairs. Food will be provided. See Brother Wayne and Sister Vicky in the back for any, any, any that are interested in being involved in our hospitality ministry. She, our, our, um, almost said she's for Christ. Save our children offering due March 17th. 
Amen. Let's not forget that. Also, Section 4 is having a men's prayer breakfast in Stevens Point on March 2nd at 9 o'clock there at the Rock Church. I believe that's what Brother Walters calls it up there. So let's, let's man, let's plan on getting together and, and taking a convoy up there and just take part in that event. And all the men said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship the Lord. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's my counselor, Prince of Peace. The mighty God is He. He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer. Praise His name. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's my Counselor, the Prince of Peace. The mighty God is He. He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer. Praise His name. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's my Counselor, my Prince of Peace. The mighty God is He. Saving me, achieving me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer. Praise His name. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give You praise. We give You glory. We honor You today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, isn't He wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? All eyes not seen, ears not heard, what's recorded in God's Word. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Oh, isn't He wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Oh, eyes not seen, ears not heard, what's recorded in God's Word. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Come on, one more time. Isn't He wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Oh, eyes not seen, ears not heard, what's recorded in God's Word. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Let's sing it again. Oh, isn't He wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Eyes not seen, ears not heard, what's recorded in God's Word. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Hallelujah. Isn't He wonderful? Isn't He mighty? He's holy. He's magnificent. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy today. He's wonderful today. He's wonderful today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He's altogether wonderful in our lives. Hallelujah. So many of what Brother Becker was talking about are so many times in our life where we just can't explain. But that wonderful Jesus, He steps in. Amen. And I'm thankful that I can count on Him when I can't see Him or feel Him. In Jesus' name, how many want to be used of God? Amen. Amen. Let's sing this together. If you can choose anything, Lord, you can choose me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Let's make ourselves available. 
If you can use anything, Lord, you can use. He just wants a willing vessel, a worthy vessel. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Let's sing that one more time. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You are looking for willing vessels through which you can move, through which you can speak, through which you can act in this economy. We make ourselves available to you right now to be used of you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Use us in any way that you deem deem necessary, any way that you see fit. Use me, I pray. I pray, I pray, I pray. Bring me to a place where you can use me the way that you desire. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you today. We serve such an awesome God. We serve such a good God in that he makes us a part of the plan. We're not just sitting here like lumps waiting to go home. Like Adam and Eve in the garden, he gives us work. He gives us tasks to do. He gives us purpose. Purpose. This world is so desperately looking for exactly that. Purpose. A meaning to life. Everything. Everything that we have need of, we find in him. Praise God. Amen. Sister Rudy is going to bring the word of the Lord to us today. As she comes, I want us to lift our hands and our hearts and our voices one more time. Let's cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a plan for the service. He has a purpose for us being here, that we would receive what he is giving, that he, we would receive what he is offering to us today. But we've got to make a choice, folks. We've got to choose to say yes. We've got to choose to accept the gift that he's given and then do something with it. Amen. Great preaching. That's, that's an awesome word. Well, if it really were great and if it were awesome, uh, we'd do something with it. You know, I, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, the, the kind words and all of that. But you know what I would really like to see? Is fruit. I'd like to see fruit. And um, not that I'm not seeing fruit, but... All I'm saying is this. If the message is good, if the word of God is good, it's good enough to do. Amen. I don't want to hear and not do. I don't I don't want to just uh talk about all the great services and presence of God and blah 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 and and that's it. Just leave it there. Go on with my life as it is. I need to I need to be changed. I need to be transformed. I need to become Christ-like. I need to be like Him. I need to reflect His image, His character to this world. I need to be effectual in His service. And I cannot be effectual if I'm not doing the Word of God. 
I can't. I've got to do it. The Word of God is so powerful. It's, it's a privilege to have it. It's a privilege to have revelation. Amen. Praise God. As Sister Rudy comes, let's call out to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. We want to be Christ-like. We want to be used of God. Amen. Let's call out to him. Lord Jesus, we worship you. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you would bless the remainder of our service today, that as you bestow your gifts upon your people, that we would receive, that we would receive what you have for us today, that we would take ownership of it, that we would possess it, that we would accomplish the will of God for our lives in this place. Help us, Lord Jesus, to receive revelation. Release faith into this assembly, I pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. And let your name be magnified in this In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can all be seated. Well, I just want you to know that this is not a message that I came up with. This is something from God. And he has reaffirmed it over and over, even today. Brother Becker has spoken some things that I'm going to talk about. Brother Dumuth did on Wednesday. And this message is born out of something Brother Becker spoke many weeks ago. And the Lord said to me, where is this coming from? The throne of grace or the accuser of the brethren? So today we're going to start in Hebrews. I just need to get my Bible open here. We're going to start with Hebrews 2.9, and we're going to be reading about the grace of God. I'm so grateful for the grace of God. If it were not for the grace of God, I would not be standing here today, and neither would you. So Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. I'm so grateful for Calvary. Let's go to Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, tempted like us, as we, yet without sin, let us therefore come boldly, boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And John 1:14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. And truth. So today my title is The Throne Room of Grace, and you may be seated. Today we're going to take our main, um, I'm going to lay the foundation from 1 Samuel 17 and 16. And these are scriptures and verses and stories, and they're not just stories, they're histories that you know very well. But I think I'm coming from a different direction. So if you think you know where my message is going, it probably isn't. So the Israelites were in the land of promise. The judges had come and gone. And they decided they wanted to be a people like all the other nations. God had chosen them to be different. And he said, when you go to possess that land, you drive out the enemy. And you do not serve their gods because you are different. I am the I am, and you know who I am. And they did not. But they wanted to be like all the nations around them. So they said they had prophets that spoke the word of God, but they said, we want a king. And Samuel, he was brokenhearted, but God said, I'll give them their king. And they did. 
and he chose Saul to be their first king. Now, Saul didn't really want to take on that responsibility, but God had anointed him king. And so then he did become the king of Israel, and the spirit of the Lord rested on Saul. But Saul became big in his own eyes, and he began to depend on him and not God. Samuel was still there giving him the word from God. And there was a time that they were going to face the enemy and face the battle. And Samuel had already told him, do not go to battle till I come and will sacrifice and then you can go. But the people became restless and Saul became restless because he was afraid that the people would leave. So he did what he was not supposed to do, and he sacrificed. And then Samuel came, and he was given instructions on how it was to go with this battle and what he was to do to eliminate everybody, including the king. But he didn't. Because Samuel had spoken to him and given him instructions. God had spoke to him, but he was not willing to obey the voice of God because he lived in fear and he was afraid of the people and he kind of let them have their way and persuade him because he was not kingdom-minded. He was Saul-minded. So we know that the kingdom was ripped from him and Saul turned away or Samuel turned away from Saul and said, I'm, you're not going to see my face anymore. And Saul became very disgruntled. What he wanted, not really for Samuel to, not really for repentance, he didn't want that. He just wanted to save face. And he grabbed the clothes of Samuel, and they were ripped and torn from him. And he he wanted Samuel to turn around and to go with him one more time so the people would believe that God was still on his side and God was still with, with Saul. He wanted to save face. He didn't really want repentance. So Samuel did one more time. But after that, God told Samuel, you're going to go anoint another king. And we know the story. Um, He took him to Bethlehem. Jesse had sons. His youngest son was in the field because who would think that he would be the one that would be anointed king? Because we like to look at situations and circumstances and people but God looks at the heart and all his brothers passed by Samuel but David was the one that was chosen the one that kept those few sheep it wasn't a a glamorous job that he had and many times it was lonely and he was out there alone by himself but that is where God began to draw David when he was in that in the fields with the sheep and teach him. And David learned of God out there. And sometimes you have to be alone and isolated to really get a hold of God for yourself. And David began to be kingdom minded. He was he David means loving and he loved those sheep. He might have been despised by his brothers. And who knows how they treated him once he was anointed king. And even though he was anointed king, he still had to go back to the sheep because it was not his time. But he was learning and he was growing and God was going to use him mightily. So Saul, when the spirit of the Lord left Saul, it says that God sent an evil spirit upon Saul. And Saul's servant realized that what was happening and they said to him let's go find somebody that can play music for you that can soothe your soul when this evil spirit comes on you because he would become distraught and so he said this is what his servant said in first samuel 16:18. then answered one of the servants and said behold i have seen the son of jesse the bethlehemite he is cunning and plain a mighty valiant man, a man of war, 
and prudent in matters, and he's come a comely person, and the Lord is with him. So Saul's like, yes, find me somebody. And this servant knew something about David. Now, they say he was a youth, but this servant says he was a man because he saw. He saw that David was developing and who David really was. So he sends him to Saul. So David is cunning. That means he's very skillful. He's valiant. He's strong. He's mighty. He's valiant. He's strong. He's prudent. He has understanding. And he's comely. He was good looking. But the best of all, it says, the Lord is with him. The most important thing was, the Lord was with David. So he comes, and he does. He comes in, and Saul says, well, he brings gifts from his father. And, and uh, Saul said, well, who are you? And David said, you know, I'm the son of Jesse. And um, he plays for Saul. He stood before him. And Saul loved David greatly. And he became his armor bearer. These are things to remember and to know. So war breaks out, and Saul sends David away to go back to take care of the sheep, to tend the sheep. And the story is there's two mountains, and there's a valley. The Israelites are on one mountain. The Philistines are on another. And the Philistines, oh, man. They're ready for war because they've got this giant Goliath. And he is nine feet, nine inches tall. And he's all decked out in his armor. He's ready to fight. And he's ready to challenge. His helmet weighed 11 pounds. The coat of mail that he had on, it weighed 15 pounds. Or 156 pounds, excuse me. His sword was 15 pounds. He had brass around the calves of his feet to protect him, or the calves to protect him. It says his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his shield was so heavy with all this armor that he had a shield bearer. He was ready to fight. He had his armor, and he was ready to go. So Saul had went from the throne room to the battle and was hiding in his tent with all the rest of the Israelites because Goliath was challenging them. He was asking for a a man to come and fight against him. And whoever would win, if the Israelites won and beat Goliath, they would become their servants. It was a simple challenge. But if we win, if I win, the Goliath would say, well, then you're going to be our servant. Easy enough. But all the Israelites and the king were hiding in their tents. For 40 days, for 40 days, he was challenging them. So what did Saul do? Well, he thought nobody's going to be willing to go out there so how about a reward rewards always speak to people the reward would be that you would he would become your his the father-in-law he would give his daughter in marriage um and he would take care of their father's house whoever married his daughter they would be taken care of well that sounds good but the tactics of the enemy Who was the enemy? The enemy was really the accuser of the brethren. The enemy was really the one that was defying the God of Israel. He looked like Goliath. He used Goliath's voice. What are the tactics of the enemy? What are the tactics of Satan? Job says that he goes to and fro, walking up and down the earth. 1 Peter 5.8 says, 
the devil is as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. He uses his tactics to create strongholds in our lives. To paralyze us and bring fear to immobilize us. Isn't that what Goliath did? Didn't he bring fear to the Israelites so that they were immobilized and hiding in their tents? So that the only action that Saul could think of to take was to create a reward, hoping that somebody would go out and fight? For 40 days, he challenged the people of God, but yet they hid in their tents. Carol, could you put up that slide, please? What does the voice of God sound like? And what does Satan's voice sound like? The voice of God, it stills you. Satan's voice rushes you. God's voice leads you. Satan's voice pushes you. God's voice reassures you. But Satan's voice frightens you. God's voice enlightens you. But Satan's voice confuses you. God's voice encourages you. But Satan's voice discourages you. God's voice comforts you. But Satan's voice, it wars against you. God's voice calms you. But Satan's voice, it's obsessive, unrelenting. God's voice convicts you. But Satan's voice condemns you. You need to know your enemy. You need to know that he is the prince of the air. But he is not all-powerful. God is all-powerful. And God rules and reigns. He cannot read your mind. But he can hear the words that you speak. He can watch your actions. He can see what you are reading. He knows what you are watching and listening to. These are some of the tactics of the enemy. But the throne of grace, God gives grace. There is a throne room you can enter. You see, David came on the scene. He had fresh eyes. His father had sent him to check on the battle. He was coming with gifts of food for his brothers. And he sees what's going on. His older brother comes to him with accusations, just like the enemy. Why are you here? I know your heart. You're a troublemaker. Why have you come? So David leaves his brother, and he goes, and he's hearing the challenge of Goliath. You see, David knew the voice of God. He knew the voice of the shepherd. He knew the voice. He knew that God was his protector. He had delivered the lamb out of the lion's mouth. He had delivered the lambs from the bears. God had given him strength, and he had weapons of warfare that he was using, and he was using them daily. He was watching over the sheep, and he could not believe that the enemy could defy the living God because he knew who the living God was, and he knew his voice, and he knew the enemy's voice. So he's going, and he's saying, what's going on here, and why is nobody fighting? And they told him that while whoever will fight this giant, and if they win, they will become the father-in-law of the king, and he'll give them wealth, and their, their families won't have to worry. And, but nobody would take up the challenge. 
Saul, during his reign, had lost one-third of Israel's borders. He did not recognize the value of the kingdom, but David recognized the value of the kingdom. He took back all those borders when he became king. He expanded the kingdom. As Goliath had a stronghold over Israel. The enemy can have strongholds in our lives. Strongholds are thought patterns contrary to the truth found in God's word. Strongholds can be set up when we have wrong thinking about ourselves and others. Through constant repetition, these thoughts produce in us certain habits and behaviors. And as Goliath brought fear to the Israelites by challenging them for 40 days, and there was no rebuttal, fear came and got a foothold and a stronghold. But God sent David to the battle because he had a different, he had different eyesight. He had a different vision. He was looking at it differently than what everybody else was looking at. So word came back to Saul that there was somebody willing to fight. And I'm sure he was happy about that because it had been 40 days and it wasn't looking good for him in his kingdom. So they bring him and he says, well, who are you? He did not know who his armor bearer was. He didn't know who David was, even though David was playing for him. But you see, when that evil spirit was on Saul, that's all he could see. He couldn't, it, it might go away, but his vision was still clouded because it would come back. So David tells him who he is, and Saul says, great. He's like, here's my armor. Well, Saul was a head and shoulders taller than any man in the kingdom. He couldn't use that armor. And David says, I cannot use this because I have not proved this armor. There were weapons that David had. He had a sling and he had a staff and he had the living God. So he took what he knew. He took the armor that he had practiced with and he went out to meet that giant and do you think that that made Goliath happy? He was infuriated. You're sending, what am I, a dog that you're sending a child to come? He was in his full armor. And David's coming with a staff and a sling to fight against this giant. But David said, I come in the name of the Lord. You're defying the living God. David knew the battle was not his. David knew that it was God who was going to create a situation in which Goliath would come tumbling down. He might use David to do it, but God was the one that was going to be working the miracle. And David was not going in his own name. He was not going to have a, get a reputation for himself. He was going because he knew who God was, and he was kingdom-minded, and he was determined that the Philistines were not going to defy the living God. Because he knew what God had done in the past, and he knew what God was going to do in the future, and he knew that it would be a stumbling block if the Israelites did not win this battle. So he went out with his sling, and God made sure the stone hit Goliath in the forehead, and he fell to the ground. And David took the armor that the enemy had. He took the enemy's sword, and he turned it against the enemy, and he cut off his head, and he took the sword and all of the enemy's armor, and he put it in his tent, and he said, it will no longer be used against the Israelites, against the living God, because God had defended the Israelites, and God desires you to try your weapons of warfare. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And there are strongholds in lives that need to be broken. 
and until they're broken, we cannot accomplish what God wants to do for you. And you have to be willing to acknowledge them. Brother Becker keeps asking you, do you know who you are in Christ? The enemy knows who you are. The enemy knows it. But do you know it? And then do you believe it? It's one thing to know, but it's another thing to believe. David knew who he was. He knew that he had been anointed king. He knew what he could do as a shepherd. It was not his time to take over the kingdom, but God was using him and training him. God is training us. We, too, have the weapons of warfare, bringing down strongholds. But we have to put on our armor daily, and we have to use it. We have to put on that helmet of salvation. We have to be girt about with truth. Our feet have to be shed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Whatever situation or circumstance, you can walk in peace. But you've got to learn to walk in peace and believe when he says, cast your cares on me because I care for you, that he is a God of all your tomorrows. Be anxious for nothing. He's a God of all your tomorrows. He holds your future, not the enemy. If you will allow him to lead you, he will hold on to you and he won't let you go. Because he is the one that holds your future. When the accuser of the brethren comes, do you have that shield of faith wherewith you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked? Do you have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God? Do you have that breastplate of righteousness? His righteousness, not our own. You have other weapons. You have the blood of Jesus. When you repent and you ask for forgiveness, that blood covers your sin. And what God sees is his righteousness. You may not forget. The enemy may bring it to your mind. This is a battlefield. He'll bring it. But you can say it's under the blood. It's under the blood. You have the blood the name of jesus if you've been baptized in his name you carry his name you are no longer your own you're his you belong to him the word of god the spirit of god that dwells in you and walks with you the word of your testimony praise and worship will take you into the throne room of grace The angels of the Lord, they fight with us. And the anointing oil. These are other weapons of warfare. But if you don't use them, they are of no use. The enemy comes because of who you are. He knows who you are. But do you know who you are? And do you believe? Do you believe it? You have the authority, the jurisdiction, the privilege, the liberty, the capacity through Jesus Christ because of the throne room of grace to shut the accuser's mouth of the brethren and to defeat the giants, and strongholds. What are strongholds? What do they look like? For every person, it's different. It can be fear, depression, error, bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, anger, pride, pressure, legalism, perversions, Confusion, guilt, shame. There can be strongholds in your lives that were generational curses 
that you might not be aware of. The enemy wants to kill and to destroy. You see, there were generational curses in my family. Alcoholism. Suicide on both sides of my family. I wasn't always saved, and I didn't always know Jesus, but I was reading his word. And when I was a teenager, the enemy tried to destroy me. In the situation and circumstance that I was in, he tried to convince me it would be better not to live than to keep life going the way it was. So I decided that my life was my own to take and do with what I wanted. So I decided, I made a plan to commit suicide, and I followed through, and nobody could find me because I went to a field of log grass. We lived in the country where nobody could find me, but God had a different plan, and my dog came and found me, and they found me. You see, I was not where I needed to be, both spiritually and physically, because God had a plan for me. His plan for me was in a different household. It was in a different city. I was to be going to a different school, taking a class that I was not enrolled in, to sit next to somebody who would receive the revelation of oneness and would speak to me for a whole year and another friend in a study hall and would pray for me for a whole year because God had plans for me. And that generational curse has been broken from my family. It will no longer live here. There is always hope. I don't care what the situation looks like, and it can be dire. But there is always, always hope. And I carried that with me like shame. And I would not let anybody know. But I would always speak to people and say, you know, there's always hope. Tomorrow can be different. Just like that, it can change. But I wouldn't tell them why I knew that. Well, shame is not going to hold me any longer. It will not be a strong home in my life. Because God has broken things in my family and in my life. Jesus came to set us free, to give us peace and joy and abundant life. Because of Jesus, we can boldly enter into the throne room of grace. Your identity is in Christ alone, not the clothes you wear, not the job you have, not the house you live in, not the community. It is in Christ alone. The chains and the shackles will be broken. The walls will come down. The strongholds will be crushed to the ground. I will be set free. And I will walk the path that God has chosen for me. He has a destiny. He knew me from my mother's womb. He chose my father and my mother. He chose the situations and the circumstances. And he also chose the throne room of grace. Choices. He gives us choices. If you refuse to see the strongholds in your life, they will never be broken. I want to look through the lens of the kingdom purpose. I want to look through God's lenses. Because he loves us so much. Deuteronomy 33:27 says, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are his everlasting arms. He shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. And I'm going to ask you to come to your feet as Brother Becker comes. And I would plead with you, search your hearts. Ask God to speak to you. Is there anything in your life that needs to be released to let go? And remember, practice and use those weapons. If you don't practice them, if you don't use them daily, 
the enemy can come in and defeat you. And even though he might defeat you, you still can stand up. Because the throne room of grace is always available to you. If you will worship him, if you will seek his presence, if you will seek him first. Can we just pray? Seek the face of God. Let's come and let's pray. I trust that the Lord has spoken to each and every one of us today about something. We always want an opportunity to let the Lord speak individually with us, us with Him. To confirm, to solidify, to give further instruction, to give specific instruction to our need. Let's call out to the Lord now. Lord Jesus, you are God. You are God in this place. I am so thankful for the words that you've given us today. Continue, I pray, to release faith into this assembly. That we would trust you, that our hope and our faith and our confidence would be in you, in, in your word, the covenant promises that you've given to us. That we would stand upon them right now. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would minister to those within the sound of my voice right now, those joining us online. Minister, Lord, speak with us, I pray. Confirm your word to our hearts. Confirm your word now, I pray. Promises that you've given your people. Confirm those again to us, I pray. Help us, Lord Jesus, to enter into a place with you where we can hear your voice clearly, where we can feel your touch. There are so many circumstances and situations in this assembly. There are so many situations in our lives and families' lives. The history of this church, the history of this city, this community. I pray, O oh God, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would protect your people, that you would cause your people to arise. Hallelujah, Jesus. That you would stir us, Lord, that we would become an army mighty with banners. Give us the revelation, and it is a revelation of who we are in you. I pray, Lord, that we would walk forward in that truth. That we would begin to act as if we are children of the Most High God. That we would take authority over these circumstances and situations. That we would not be afraid when the enemy comes knocking. That we would not be fearful or intimidated when the enemy gets up all in our face and starts accusing, and starts threatening, and starts uh, trying to cause fear, division, doubt. We rebuke each and every one of them. We take authority over them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no fear in you. There is no doubt in you. There is no confusion in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to, and to destroy. You are come that we might have life, and that we might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is hope in you. There is always hope in you. You are the answer. You are the answer to every circumstance and situation. You are the answer to every question, every uncertainty, every doubt. You are the answer, thou most high God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give us clarity of vision now, I pray. Give us clarity of purpose now, I pray. Hallelujah, Jesus, that we are children of the Most High God, that I am a son of the Most High, that you have given me your name and water baptism. You have adopted me into your spiritual family. I eat at your table. I eat at the king's table. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm clothed with the king's clothes. Thank you, Jesus. I am not who I once was. I'm not a pauper. I'm not a beggar. I'm not an outcast any longer. But I am the king's son. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You've given us power and you've given us authority to use in your behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bind this assembly together as one. Continue to release faith. Give us revelation of truth, I pray, as to who we are. Help us to see it. Help us to see it. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear and a heart to understand that we would move forward in that truth. Help us also, I pray, as we receive revelation of who we are, to receive revelation of who you are. 
Help us to see that you are the Lord God, that you are high and lifted up, that your train fills the temple. Help us to see you magnified and glorified. Hallelujah, Jesus, that you sit upon the throne of heaven. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, the earth is your footstool. The heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. Oh, hallelujah, it is in you that we trust. It is in you that our hope is placed. It is in you that our confidence is. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, oh God. I pray, oh God, speak to your people now. Speak to every person here now, I pray. Help them to feel your presence. Help them to feel the love and the mercy of God, the compassion of God. Help them, Lord Jesus, to hear your voice clearly. Give your people a clear sound, I pray. Give them a clear sound today, I pray, thou most high God. And as we hear, help us to receive. Help us to understand. Help us to take ownership of it, to act upon it, to move forward in it. In Jesus' name. The enemy is more powerful than us, but he's nothing compared to you. He's nothing compared to a child of God whose trust is in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. David had no chance against Goliath, but David with God, it was a lopsided victory. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let the purpose of God be accomplished in this assembly now, I pray. Let your purpose be accomplished here. In Jesus' name, move and work and speak and act according to your perfect will and according to our desperate need. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are a mighty God. You are a mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Be sovereign here today. Move freely, I pray, in this place. We need you. We so desperately need you. We so desperately need to know truth. We so desperately need to move forward and take ownership of the truth that you've given us to act upon it in accordance with your will. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are lifted up in this place. Your name is magnified. You are glorified here, thou most high God.
God's continuing to work here. If you're done praying, uh, you can consider yourself dismissed. Please take any conversation downstairs, maybe. Uh, those that are continuing.